On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. Susan Rice, thank you so much for joining us. You are the former uh, National Security Advisor for uh, former President Barack Obama, and you also worked at the State Department during the Clinton years. Um, What is the tough love? What is the tough love as it relates to our country uh, and other countries, uh, particularly at a time such as this in the Trump era? Well, it's great to be with you, April. Uh, I titled my book Tough Love because uh, that's how I was raised. That's how I've tried to raise my kids and lead my teams and government. And it's also how I've tried to serve my country. What tough love means to me is that you love someone fiercely but not uncritically um when i was growing up my parents you know were the first ones to tell me when i was uh doing the right thing and the first one to tell me when i was doing the wrong thing and they were very you know firm and clear uh that they had certain expectations and uh, when i fell short that uh, they were going to tell me and so you know as a a public servant and as somebody who served in two U.S. administrations uh, and served President Obama as National Security Advisor and U.N. Ambassador representing the United States to the world, they, you know, there are times when as, as much as one loves their country and as I certainly did and was so proud to represent it, that we had to acknowledge uh, it, that, you know, we make mistakes as well, that our history, our uh, our performance, our choices are not always uh, the right ones and don't always accord with our values. Um, and frankly, I found that a willingness to acknowledge that and to be strong as well as humble um, was a real advantage as we were trying to bring other countries to our side to join us in some of the most difficult challenges, whether that was fighting terrorists like ISIS in Syria uh, or stamping out an Ebola epidemic or negotiating a climate change uh, agreement. So um, tough love has served me well, both in government and in, uh, in my household, uh, both as a child and as a parent. So President Obama has endorsed this book fully. He went on social media and just giving you praise and, and showing pictures of you two together. And understanding and reading through the book and, and, and understanding how you worked with this president, what was the toughest moment for you uh, with President Obama as uh, as his earpiece, as his person that he really relied on to give him information about what was going on around the world? What was that toughest moment? Well, April, we you know faced a, a wide range of challenges, difficult issues from how and whether to, to get involved in the civil war in Syria uh, or how to respond to chemical weapons use or, you know, whether in the context of the Ebola epidemic it was necessary to, to consider uh, shutting down our, our borders or keeping visitors from West Africa from coming to the United States. Uh, you know, we had, we had the Edward Snowden challenge, which was, was very difficult and costly to our national security. And all these things I write about um, in tough love and hopefully a, a down-to-earth and accessible uh, way that uh, that many people will find uh, interesting and enjoyable. But, there, you know, there, there were many moments where we faced real tough challenges, and my job was to give the president my unvarnished advice. And the, the wonderful thing about President Obama is 
he welcomed that and expected that. You know, he did not look for me or anybody else to sugarcoat things or just tell him what he wanted to hear. And that's partly why he ran a, a rigorous decision-making process and um, took decisions that um, were well thought through and served our interests rather than this um, chaos that we see today that seems to be driven by the whim of one man who happens to be the president. And speaking of that chaos today, um, you know, this president has gotten rid of so many people in national security. Um, He's now in his fourth person, I believe. Fourth national security advisor. That's crazy. And in, In two and a half years. In two and a half years. And it makes you wonder... Is this and I think about you and all the other people who have served presidents and they've listened to and they've taken their advice as wisdom um, to be able to move forward. But this president, um, it, it sounds like some of the national security officials are afraid to tell him. Was there ever a time? They're afraid to tell him, I guess, because he doesn't know how to handle or he doesn't have the capacity to handle that kind of intelligence. Was there ever a time that you had to tell President uh, Obama or even President Clinton something on a need to know basis or try to keep it from him just to prevent him or or either president from from tripping himself up in in, in the midst of a foreign issue um, with another leader? Are you asking whether I ever had to withhold information from President Obama or President Clinton? Yes. Absolutely not. Uh, You know, thankfully, I was blessed to work for two presidents who were thoughtful and responsible and handled sensitive information appropriately. But, uh, you know, it's inconceivable that a national security advisor can do his or her job uh, effectively if they can't trust their boss, the President of the United States, uh, to handle the most sensitive information responsibly. And sadly, that may be what we're experiencing today. Are we in a wag the dog situation when it comes to issues of the Kurds? Um, and I, I know for a fact you went on Twitter uh, and, and in an interview you said uh, what the president has done uh, as it relates to the Kurds is batshit crazy. Um, does the president have blood on his hands as well with this? I think he's I think he will absolutely because what's happening is that we the president greenlighted the Turks who have every interest in slaughtering the Kurds to uh launch and pursue a air and ground invasion of Syria and you know we're we're seeing real time in the news you know civilians fleeing aerial attacks and you know people desperate on both sides of the border um and none of this would have happened or could have happened if the president of the united states had stood firmly and told the turks that we would not move our forces out and we would not allow them uh to slaughter our partners who fought isis for us and who were the kurds uh we controlled that airspace we are in a position to protect the kurds from the air uh if we chose to and we've chosen not to so not only did we give a green light but we rolled out the red carpet uh shamefully for this turkish invasion Hmm. and last question um there's no love lost between you and this president president donald john trump but there seems to be a picture (laughs) of you and uh, president trump that you talk about in your book uh at the white house correspondent association dinner 
the picture's not in the book. I know. There's a story in the book, as but the, you know. And I know, and I took the picture. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to the 2015 White House Correspondents' Dinner. April, you, you, you know this well. We, I was sitting there at a, tight, at a table at the Correspondents' Dinner, minding my own business. And from behind me comes this big hulking figure and almost lifts me out of my chair. And I turn around to recognize that it's Donald Trump, who I'd never seen before and actually never met before. And, and he wanted to meet had you. had an encounter since. He came up to me and he hugged me. Yes, he did. Which I was saw very it. strange because I've never seen him or met him before. It, it wasn't a gross hug but it was awkward and creepy because you know it was somebody i'd never met before and he whispered in my ear you've been very unfairly treated over benghazi and you're doing a great job for the country which was the last thing i expected to hear from him and then it was after that where you happened to to you know take a picture of the two of us which uh uh in which i say in the book it was awkward because we're both smiling more than we would want to be uh and so there uh was this just really strange moment but what was most interesting about it uh was you know how trump said one thing to me privately and then six weeks later starts running for president and is attacking obama and all of us who ever worked with him and trying to take your press you're your, not your press pass, but trying to take all of your security clearances um and after he had done all of that and in a picture speaks a thousand words and then right after he did that to you he went right to valerie jarrett and talked to her and took a picture well, i couldn't get the picture with her they moved too fast but he went right to valerie jarrett that is interesting um it was strange Yes, to say the least. It was very strange. But either way, um, congratulations on your book. And I'm so proud of you. And I thank you so much. And you Thank are, you, April. You are a tough sister, but you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, and a sweet one, too, as you know. You're sweet. You both. Yes, yeah. you are. Yes, you are. Susan Rice, thank you so much. Where can, they, where can everyone pick up your book? Please go buy Tough Love, My Story of the Things Worth Fighting For. It's in stores everywhere. Uh, and it's also available online at Amazon, and you can go to SusanRiceBook.com and buy it there, and also uh, join me at my events uh, around the country over the next couple months. I'm looking forward to uh, an extensive book tour in many cities. Over two decades knowing this woman, she is amazing, and I just adore her. Get her book, Tough Love. You will love her, too. Thank you, Susan Rice. Thank you, April. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.